If you're a dog owner, safety and welfare for your pet is of utmost concern. But there are so many so-called experts out there that many of us don't know where to turn to to get the expert advice that we need. Welcome to Taming the Wild in Your Dog with noted dog expert and author Brian Bailey. In this program, we give you the tips you need to connect with your best friend with the most practical advice. Now, here is your host, Brian Bailey. Greetings, everyone. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Memphis, Tennessee. I do hope the sun is shining down on you today. Uh, Kara, notice you're wearing red today. Any particular reason? Well, I thought I would celebrate Valentine's Day a day early. A day early? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you tomorrow, it's tomorrow, right? Uh, oh, you better know it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Of course I knew it was tomorrow. Uh, how are you, Joshua? <laughs> Pretty good. How about yourself? Not as, not as deep in mud as you are. But. <laughs> so you're prepared for Valentine's Day? Well, my wife currently lives out of the state, so I get a freebie. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I just, <laughs> no, you don't. I, <laughs> Let me just warn you. You do not get a freebie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I might be moving out of state tomorrow. <laughs> right. All right. Hey, guys, welcome to Tame the Wild. I'm your host, Brian Bailey, and joining me in the studio is my lovely, well, still, wife, Kira, <laughs> uh, for the time moment and the time being, and Joshua Huffmaster, uh, a professional dog trainer with our organization here at Tame the Wild. I want to welcome you to a special edition of Tame the Wild and Your Dog. Uh, normally, we focus on taming the wild in dogs, but during this episode, we'll be focusing on how dogs have tamed the hurt in some of us. We'd like to, uh, in doing so, we'd like to thank all the courageous people who this past week shared their personal tragedies and hardships with Karen and I during the past week. As we listened to one story after another about drug addiction, depression, physical injuries, financial hardships, and attempts to commit suicide, incredible strength and perseverance against all odds became the common theme, but only possible through a dog. I also want to thank all the people who reached out to remind us that only God can grant us salvation, not dogs. Now, guys, I get that, and I appreciate it. I personally am comforted by God's promise of a time when I will experience no pain or sorrow. And I'll be dancing on the streets of gold. And by golly, that will for sure be a miracle. But in the meantime, God, I'm still alive. And I could use a little help from time to time. I've had that particular conversation with God countless times in my own life. And help came in many forms. Not some of the obvious forms that you read about in the Bible and whatever religion you follow. It came in the form of my wife, Kira, who personally for me means more to, to me than anyone south of heaven itself. It came in surviving multiple near-death experiences, both in the military and during a lot of my excursions out into the wild by myself. It came in the form of family and friends like Joshua over here and the rest of our incredible team here at Taming the Wild. One time, it came in the form of a car that actually ran. I was really grateful for that at the time. But most often, it came wrapped up in a gooey, wet tongue with enough shedding fur to stuff a pillow every day. A tail that wagged so hard, everything on the coffee table flew off. 
in a ball of boundless energy that always wanted to play at a time that I just didn't feel like playing. God may be the ultimate grantor of salvation, but sometimes he does send salvation in the form of a dog. And he certainly did so for many people that we listened to during this week. And he also did so for three of our guests that we're going to have today. Our first guest that will come up here in just a moment, her name is Carol, and I'm going to do Carol a big favor, and I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name. Instead, I'm going to take the approach that her students and the faculty that surrounded her during the 30 years that she was a teacher took in simply calling her Mrs. G. So I'm going to take the easy way out for that. But Mrs. G lost her husband to liver cancer. She lost her husband's dog, and then the dog that replaced that dog. And then one day she climbed up in an attic and decided that was the end of it. But then there was a dog, and his name was Tucker. And she'll tell you all about Tucker and and how Tucker truly was four-legged salvation for her and saved her life. Then after our first break, we'll be talking to Mac's son. Mac is a hero. He's a United States Army veteran and recipient of the Purple Heart. Served gallantly and courageously in Afghanistan and suffered uh, injuries from an IED. He will be talking to us and telling us how dogs have changed him because he was a bit angry. I would be too. I served. It wasn't very nice when someone shot at you. So I get that as well. And then lastly, we'll be talking to David Kristen. David, uh, was big time in the entertainment world. And then the depression, or not depression, I'm sorry, the recession, uh, for some of us, it probably felt like the depression, uh, arrived in the late 2000s and sent David into financial hard times. And there was a dog named Hank that pulled David through. So guys, I'm really looking forward to talking to these people. I want to be able to ask them questions. And I'm sure if you have any questions, please feel free to call in with those questions uh, or to send us an email at brian with a y at tamingthewild.com and we'll be glad to ask those. Okay, I'm kind of waiting here right now to see if uh, Carol is ready to join us. Um, Carol, (laughs) and, and just a funny part of her story, she's still one of those rare breeds that has a flip phone. And uh, not too many of us have flip phones, although I think I saw a commercial in which they're starting to come back. Uh, kind of like anything, uh, vinyl records are coming back, bell bottoms are coming back. Uh, I just hope that the that car, the pacer, doesn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on to something long enough, it'll come back around. Amen. All right, just trying to l- listen here. See, is Carol, are you ready to join us? All right, we don't have Carol with us yet. So we'll just keep going here and talk a little bit more. You know, one thing uh, about dogs and and tragedy, the area that I want to speak most about probably during our next show, I don't know if we'll have time for today, is that the concept of altruism, doing altruistic behaviors, that's really not a goes with science. It's typically we all have a desire to look after our, our individual fitness. In other words, number one is you. 
Um, I remember one time I had a client, she was an airline stewardess. And I asked her, I go, you know, before I take off in a plane, they always go over the briefing, how to get out of the plane, if the plane crashes and so on and so forth. And the thing that always struck my curiosity was about the oxygen mask. These things fall down from the ceiling. Well, what would happen if only half of those worked? And she, I remember her reply, the look of shock on her face, and she goes, that is not a situation that we even want to think about. <laughs> so let's just move on and, and start doing our dog training. All right. Carol is on the phone. Carol is on the phone. All right. Carol, are you with us? I am. Sorry about that. I had the wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) No, no no worries, Carol. We we had a little bit of fun at your expense. No, I was just telling everyone about your flip phone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, Carol. I was trying to recharge. I'm like, please charge. (laughs) All right. Well, Carol, tell us a little bit. I kind of gave everyone a little bit of a, uh, of a briefing, but if you would uh, share with us your story and tell us what, what your dogs have done for you. Okay. Well, in the beginning, it started, my husband had cancer. He lost his brother and his mom. Um, and he had this little dog. It was a chihuahua that he adored dearly, and he went out front and thought the dog was in the car, but he wasn't. He got hit by a car, and nobody even stopped. My husband was totally devastated, and we went down and cremated, and when we went to pick up his ashes, my husband said, let's go on the other side, because we were at the um, shelter, which surprised me, and we went on the other side, and the first dog was this little dirty poodle. He's white, but you couldn't tell it. And he was a mess. And I said, I want that one. He goes, no, 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 we don't want that. So we went through all the dolls. We get to the back panel, and there's a little tiny white poodle underneath the bed. And she has painted toenails. And she comes out, and we take her in the pan, and he holds her, and she falls asleep on his lap. And he goes, Mommy, this is the dog I want. So we went in and told them, and they said, oh, I'm sorry, you can't have just that one. Because the little brown poodle in the front, that's his brother. That's the brother. So we went home, and we, yeah, his little brother. So we went home, and we talked about it, and my husband's like, I don't think so. And I said, well, God gave us each two hands. We can pet them enough. They'll be good. And so we went back a couple hours later and picked up the little boy, and she had to be spayed, so we picked her up the next day. So those were our saviors at that time because that little white poodle became my husband's bed partner. He became pretty sick after that. And she never left his side. She wouldn't eat unless he ate. She would just lay right on his pillow and just never leave. I had to take her outside to go bathroom because she wasn't going to leave him. So I went home to pick him up, take him to the doctor's, and he would pass out behind the door. And I got him up from behind the door, and we lived up on a hill, so I drove him to the hospital madly. I go to the hospital, and he was nearly dead. And then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, he passed away. Was this and last I was devastated. I've been married to my husband for 42 years. I met him when I was 16. Mm. And I got home and had no idea what I was going to do. And I, I, I 
totally, I didn't know where the gun was. I knew we had one, and I was ready to do whatever I needed to do because I wanted to be with my husband. But then I looked at those two poodles, and I'm like, I can't do that. I have to take care of them. So they kind of saved me for that. And about two weeks into it, oh, I forgot one thing. When my husband had cancer, we found out a week later after my chihuahua died that my mother had passed away and the nail man found her. And our house went into foreclosure. So anyway, um, I took them for a walk and the neighbor's pit bull got loose and he nearly just chewed her in half and she passed away. And I was devastated because that was my connection to my husband. But I still had boots. And he kept me going. And he would get up in the morning and be happy. And I was like, I have to take care of this little guy. And without my husband's income, I couldn't make it. So I was selling all our belongings, garage sales and whatever I could do. And my Carol, son said, Mom, you're coming to Oregon. So Carol, what was the, what was the timeline of, of all of this Pardon taking me? place? From the time that your your husband passed away and then in losing that dog, was that a, a relatively really short timeline, or how much time was in between? It all was. That? It was about. Um, well, he had cancer for ten years, but we didn't get the poodles, and it was only about six months or so when we had the poodles. And then after he passed away, it was another six weeks, and that's when the pit bull got her. And so Carol, I kind of just tried uh, to. So that was a button set you lost, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then you had Boots, and then after that you were telling me that you wanted to get a companion for Boots, who was the, the brother of the of Buttons who was killed. And so you got a new dog, and his name is Tucker. Tell us about Tucker. Oh, Tucker is a pain, but I love him to death. <laughs> <laughs> when I got Tucker, he looked at me and growled, and he's like, nope, you're not touching me. And he bit me, and he was just really naughty. And so I called the, the people at the shelter, and they're like, oh, give it a couple weeks. And I said, okay, why not? Boots likes him. I'll do it. So I did. And then a couple weeks went by, and he bit me a lot. <laughs> and I called them back, and they changed their phone number. So basically, they don't <laughs> have my yard. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, that he was really naughty. <laughs> but he's, he's, he was a good companion to Boots and what happened was Boots was fine and the night before he passed away though he looked at me he was sitting on the floor he's looking at my desk and I said don't look at me that way and I, I, all out I said you look like you're saying goodbye and he was because he died that night sometime he did tricks he ate snacks Sometime during the night, or maybe after I got up, he passed away. Wow. So during this time period, you lost your husband. You lost both of the dogs that you and your husband adopted from the shelter. So buttons and boots are gone. Your house went into foreclosure. So tell me, tell me, what did Tucker do? How did Tucker help you with all of this, Carol? Well, Tucker helped me because I would look at him and go, you know what, if I go, I can't think of a single person that would want you. Because <laughs> he's so naughty. 
And so I you had indigenous like, servitude, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just look at him and go, God, I can't think of a single person. And I wouldn't want to put you in a shelter again because nobody would want you. You're rotten. He is rotten. He's the love of my life. And he's so sweet. He's probably the sweetest dog I've ever had until he's it comes so to your head. <laughs> and then he's like a mad cat. He's awful. <laughs> I think it's the first story I've ever heard in which the person says, you know, I'm going to stick around because you're so horrible that I don't want another human being to suffer more than me. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny, Carol, oh, uh, on, on a license. I know what to talking about. Tell them real quick. We only have a couple of minutes left before we have to go on a break. But tell them about the pillow because that is hilarious. And, and I think uh, it's just an uplifting moment. So tell us about that. He's so funny. He he. At first, he didn't couldn't find a place on the bed because Boots was like, "No, that's my spot. That's my spot." And finally, he creeped up about a week into it and got under my pillow. And I'm like, "No, that's not going to work, dude. You can't be under my pillow. I can't sleep if I hear you breathing." <laughs> and he breathed loud and was and he would get totally under it. He would like tip my head to the side. So I tried putting blankets and pillowcases. I tried double pillowcasing my pillow. I tried everything. And he just said, he will get to the blankets. He will get to whatever he has to do to get underneath my pillow. <laughs> yeah, and I've he sleeps there most of the night. It's just so odd. <laughs> I, I tell you, if, if we, we have a couple of dogs that are definitely small enough to sleep underneath my pillow. But I don't <laughs> think they would appreciate me because I am notorious as a pillow, pillow flipper. In other words, uh, oh, it's I the do cool that too. pillow. <laughs> what does he do I when do you put the too. pillow? And you know what? He will just lay there and I'll say, you know what? I'm flipping the pillow. And he will just lay there and after I flip it, he'll curl back under where he has to be. He won't move. <laughs> he'll just lay there and he waits and then he gets back under. <laughs> do you ever find yourself just kind of letting your hand slide up underneath there and check his pulse to make sure he's still alive? <laughs> You know, I don't have to because he's breathing. I can hear him. <laughs> okay, that's, that's good news. He doesn't snore, but I can hear him breathing, and my pillow goes up and down, up and down. All right, don't get any ideas, Kara. <laughs> She's already looking at me like, maybe you should take my pillow. <laughs> All right, Carol, I tell you what. I thank you, and God bless you. Um, wow, that's an incredible story, and and I hope you stay in touch, and I hope Tucker continues to warm up the underside of your pillow uh, for many years to come. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for coming too. on the show. All right. God bless you, Carol. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bless you, too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. In a second here, we're going to cut away on a break, and we are going to have joining us right after the break, Max Sun, again, American hero, recipient of the Purple Heart. Uh, I think you'll find his story uh, both, both, both funny and uh, hilarious at, at moments there when we were talking to him. Um, sad, as co of course, but again, you always try to find a shining moment during all of this. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. See you in just a little bit. Sit, stay. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. After years of waiting, there's a radio show for shotgunning enthusiasts worldwide. Tune into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation for the very best in wing and clay shooting talk. Join Marty and his guests as they bring you hunting and shooting information that you can use. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, this show can be your go-to source for wing and clay shooting information. Listen live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email if you prefer to brian at tamingthewild.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Again, I'm Brian Bailey. I'm your host here at Taming the Wild and Your Dog. Today's a very special episode. We took a little bit of a break from answering questions and talking to veterinarians and all the normal stuff that we do. And we kind of picked this day, the day before Valentine's Day, a day in which we celebrate love for someone and and for each other. And we decided to reach out to people who have found love with dogs, love at a level that just, again, defies typical science. Uh, We have waiting on the Bone is Mac Sun, again, a U.S. Army veteran, recipient of the Purple Heart, a true hero for this country. And I'm going to find out in a second here what, what dogs have done for Mac. So, Mac, are you on phone? Hey, guys. I'm here. Hey, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I got to catch a little bit of your show, Funny Stuff. And uh, I love it when y'all go into break and telling us, listener to sit and stay love. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, a little phrase kind of coined there a little bit. Oh, it's not too bad or too corny or anything. <laughs> hey, Maca, before we get started, let me thank you uh, from a fellow veteran to another veteran. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, no thanks necessary. Yeah. I, well, I, it, it I love what I did. You know, I was trying to be a productive member of society, do something positive, and just serve my country. Amen, brother. Uh, so tell me. What did dogs do for you, Mac? Tell us, uh, lead us up to a little bit what happened uh, serving in, I believe you told me it was in Afghanistan. 
tell us what happened and, and bring us up present day and, and how dogs have given you this incredible, I don't know, spirit, man. Ever since uh, we talked to you and you sound great. You really do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love dogs. I love them to the point where I surround them around me all the time through my business. I'm called Fur Baby Pet Services, located in Columbus, Georgia. And, you know, it all started when I enlisted in the Army, and they were my pastime. They were my hobby. They, they is what I used to release some stress, you know, focus on other things besides just training and, you know, getting ready for the next mission. And, um, you know, and I went out and found some of the best trainers to help me learn about them and whatnot, but it was more of a hobby. And then, uh, you know, as I served, I did 13 years, and I spent six years in between Iraq and Afghanistan. And in 2011, on my last deployment, I was... I was attacked by an IED, and it was my 17th throughout, and I guess it was just one too many. Uh, My luck ran out, and it changed my world. I mean, at that point, I was already committed to 20 years, and, um, you know, going the long haul and uh, retired because I did love what I do and was committed to that. So when this happened, it just turned my world upside down literally and and just brought a whole lot of issues, you know, just a whole lot of issues. And my dogs, they helped me got through these issues. Now you have a you have a whole pack, don't you? <laughs> you just don't even know. <laughs> like I said, that's why I surround myself and um, you know, in the county I live in they only allow you to have uh five or six max and you know so i had to go uh get a kennel license and um to be able to surround myself with more dogs dealing you know helping people with services uh for their own dogs so why they would me they just become my dogs and i get to get to interact with all sorts of them gotcha when we were talking mac in fact i think i hear a few of those dogs in the background right now (laughs) yeah Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. Well, it, so in other words, for you, it's been more than just one dog. There's not been just one particular dog, just dogs in general that have helped you. I love them all. Yes, so many. You know, so many helped me with so so many different issues as I was going through my recovery phase and, you know, uh, dealing with uh, uh, PTSD to a uh, traumatic brain injury to some physical uh, limitations and uh, – you know, just so many different things that that uh, attack brought on to me with my uh, career-ending injuries. But, uh, yeah, I mean, each one of them have a role. I, in fact, I got one I call my road dog. His primary job is to just go on my business trips with me. <laughs> just just rides along and shares french fries with you? Yeah, and just, you know, I mean, you know, driving was very hard for me. And, you know, for me to go into business, I know I have to... I cannot lock myself up anymore because, you know, I, I, it used to drive me nuts on the road. And and I, the first thing that happened when I was able to drive again, I was passing a semi and his tire blew, and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot do this. It was like uh, I turned back home, and I couldn't get in. A, I couldn't operate another vehicle since, and and I was, I was um, 
I don't know. I was just, uh, just bringing it back. Just you know, just reliving the the moment. You know, seeing the black smoke, the fireball, and just going through it again in my mind. Just couldn't let me get back on the road. So having uh, my buddy Tank, that's who, that's his name, and being able to. Uh, go places with me he's also my service dog and and uh you know he bring he he helped um calm me down and if i do zone out he he know how to detect it and uh you know bring me back into focus and uh he got me to the point where i was able to drive again and you know make my moves and you know as the years uh passed he gave me back my confidence to where, you know, I'm at the point where, hey, buddy, you stay home this time. Let me try to go out on my own and see how far I could get and, and um, you know, and just make things um, as good as possible. Oh, how far have you gotten? Uh, I drive all over the place. I mean, you know, um, New York, down to Florida, uh I mean, just, inter, you know, just jumping on the interstate, going to different states and uh, delivering dogs. You know, I got this program I call Mission Perfect Partner where I rescue dogs from local shelters that show working trait and then train them to provide services for disabled veterans. And, you know, we got uh, veterans that we helped out all the way from uh, Massachusetts down to Louisiana. And, and um, you know, I just... That's, I, that's what he did for me. Allow me to pass the blessing on forward to helping other uh, veterans like myself. Yeah, when you talk to us, Mac, you talked a little bit about being angry and how your dogs have helped you yeah. through that. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yes. I mean, you have to understand that, you know, um, we're emotional creatures and if it's not properly properly exercised, it could create other issues. And I did not know what to do with myself because after that, you know, my life changed. It was like it totally changed. And, you know, I had this, you know, I was in a, a situation where other soldiers did not make it back from. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, man, these people try to, take my life my career changed my life changed i was angry i was really really angry and and you know uh, being angry is not so good because it brings other emotional issues like depression and you know i just felt helpless at the time you know no, i just wanted revenge and that's and you know it's not good for anybody to want revenge but that's just was in my heart at the time and and you know and um uh, it's it's not fun. It's not fun at all. And uh, I just, you know, through my dogs and being there for me and helping me release that anger because, you know, you, you're angry about so many different things and whatnot. It just overflow. And usually when it does, it's not pretty. You know, a boiling pot is not pretty when, when it just starts overflowing. And these amazing animals you know i learned to use them as a as a 
diary, basically. They're the best diary you could have. <laughs> you can I think you refer to them as the best secret anything. keepers. They'll look at you. They will be focused on you. They will listen to you. And guess what? They won't even have to say anything about it because after you get done, they just want to play and we we'll just move on. <laughs> That'd be that. So, yeah, so, I think you were, you know, when and, we were uh, talking to you, uh, that you referred to them as uh, the best secret keepers. Yes, they are. I mean, you can come and ask him um, all the questions you want. I guarantee you he won't tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'll ask my dog questions and they'll talk back and then I'll look around and go, was that me or was that the dog? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Mac, tell You're us a little bit about what you do now because you actually have a business uh, with dogs. Tell us a little bit about your business. Well, was, uh, I call it Fur Baby Pet Services. I help train people's dogs, help them build a better relationship, so, and, you know, I provide them a safe place for their dog to come hang out at while they travel, and, you know, I provide grooming services and so many, so many things. But, yeah, I mean, after I was able to recover and, you know, I mean, these guys not only helped me with my issues and injury, but they gave me a life after. So I was able to come back into the workforce and started my own business and dealing with just dogs, cats, or whatever my clients need. But the majority dogs, I mean, there's nothing better than what I'm doing right now. I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but working with dogs is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, so you happy. tried uh, in the course when you came back and you were injured. Uh, there was therapy, there was medications, uh, but dogs, they seem to have yeah, worked better than, than anything else. Well, you know, they were trying all these type of medications and stuff like that, and really, I just felt like a walking zombie. I wasn't living life. All it did was suppress everything. I wasn't enjoying life from it, and and it wasn't doing me any good. And um, then I found out about dog therapy and what they could do for me and the alternative and uh, whatnot. So, yes, I mean, if I have to pinpoint a turn for my rehabilitation, my recovery, it's when I start focusing on using my dogs to help me with my issues and, you know, getting me moving and uh, just bringing the joy in a moment where things are questionable. You know, what's going to happen now? What am I going to do now? What if <laughs> I didn't wake up? What if, uh, you know, it was just at that moment, you know, they was able to bring the smile back out of me. And, you know, and uh, I really felt that all that part of me was totally gone, but a dog would bring out a smile in you. You know, they know, they know you down to the core. They know when you're sad. They know when you're happy. They know when you're excited and when you're just lazy at the moment. And <laughs> they will adapt to you. And, you know, these animals, like, they knew where I was at. And they knew I just needed a smile and I needed a friend at a time. And they gave me none but love and, you know, uh, unconditionally. And just, you know, it was allowing me to have uh, joy in my life again, have fun doing things and 
working with them, and um, it's just that's 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 where my key is at. And I wish you know the veteran affair and uh, you know the army uh, or the military healthcare system recognize these animals. You know, if you go Good to point. the VA and try to get a service dog or anything right now, they they don't recognize it, so you're not going to get help from them or anywhere else, really, And you know, but that's where it needs to start. People need to start recognizing alternative therapy, and um, these animals will do wonders for others like myself, and I'm living proof. I'm productive. I'm productive. I'm um I I'm, I feel like I'm almost whole again. You know, there's still things I'm still working on, but I'm I'm almost there. And you know, this, these animals would do wonders for others too if people start recognizing it. You're right. You're right, Mac. That is a unfortunately that is an issue, especially with a lot of veterans. Uh, many people don't have the money to afford a service dog, uh, any sort of emotional support dog, or the training for it. Uh, let's get something started. You know, that's the first step. Uh, the first step on a thousand mile journey is exactly that. Let's, let's get something started there because that's what we need to do. Dogs are much more than just friends. They're much more than a jogging partner, much more than someone that you can just pet. It goes a whole lot deeper than that. And again, in, in a future episode, I'm going to talk uh, about that, about the relationship that humankind has with the animal kind and the thread yeah. that that binds us all together so mac mm-hmm. hey i want to thank you for coming on oh thank you for having me you you were wonderful and again i do thank you for your service and i hope that you keep trucking on down the road with the dog in your car with you <laughs> oh yeah so i mean as i need to recover but they ain't never going anywhere. I, they will. They will always be with me. <laughs> I tell you, when you talk about driving in New York, it's not a dog that I need when I drive in New York. It's Valium. I need something. <laughs> I <laughs> hey, need a little bit they of help, man. Just as good. Oh my God! Yes, they work just as good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they make a dog good enough to to be able to contain Brian and, and give me lower my blood pressure when I'm driving in New York City. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I'm back. God bless you, brother, and I appreciate you coming on again. Thank you for your service, and we'll have you back on the episode down the road, okay? I appreciate that. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you. Goodbye to you. All right, everyone, in just a few moments after we take a break here, we are going to hop on the phone with David Christen. Uh, he's got a pretty unique story, and there are moments in it which are very touching, and but then again, very funny. As you see, triumph over tragedy. How how we are able to find laughter, a smile. And I'm telling you, they're right. When you look at a dog, I don't care what's going on during your day. The way they look back at you is magical. It's incredible. So we'll come back and we'll talk to David. And in the meantime, sit, stay. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. 
Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email if you prefer to brian at tamingthewild.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Free. You can get up out of those stays now and walk around if you need to, but stay tuned in. We are going to be talking here in just a second to David Kristen, and you're tuning in to a special edition of Taming the Wild and Your Dog. Today, we're focusing on how dogs tame the hurt in us, because uh, they certainly do. And anyone who doesn't know that, if you don't have a dog, I recommend that you get one, uh, because if you do, you'll find out that they have qualities that no human can meet. Just absolutely. I, I'll say that as a definitive statement. No human can meet those qualities there. Okay, well, we're going to be talking here a second to David Kristen. David was in the entertainment business. I'll let him explain all that to you. Business fell on hard times, and David uh, suddenly found himself sleeping on a couch. And he picked up a dog named Hank, and I'll let him tell you the rest of the story, how Hank changed his life and, and where he is today. David, are you on there? Yeah, I'm right here, Brian. Thanks for hey. having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for being on our show. So I gave a little bit of an introduction. David, tell us about your story. Where where were you and where are you now? Tell us about it. Wow. Well, we're going back. Uh, we all remember what the uh, what we call it, the Great Recession, 2008. I think it hit 2008. Oh, yes. And uh, so we ran, when I say we, there was 12 of us, but I was the owner of a company in uh, downtown Toronto. That's up in Canada. For some of those that might not know it, but uh, we ran a, uh, a very large photography studio and uh, for many years. 
about uh, 26 years. We've been through recessions before, and we'd always managed to weather them out. But this one in 2008 is, I guess, you know, it's probably a bunch of your listeners can relate to it. Uh, it killed us. By 2010, we were downsizing, and by uh, 2011, I was closing the doors. So, uh, and unfortunately, Brian, at the same time, um, I've been taking care of my mom. She had Alzheimer's. I don't know if you guys are, I hope you, I hope you never get touched by that. Amen. And I lost mom. So I lost, I lost my mom and I lost uh, the business all in the space of about six months. It all just came crashing down. And uh, for the first time in my life since college, I found myself looking for a couch to sleep on. <laughs> yeah. So it was a really dark time for me. Lost everything. And I mean everything. I mean my whole, uh, everything I ever worked for. Most importantly, I lost my mother. And, uh, so, yeah, I, um, you know, I fell back on, you know, they say you should have a skill to fall back on. Well, I come from a, a long line of builders and uh, growing up with it and tinkered with it my whole life. But uh, I decided I got to make a change. But I was just I was just so depressed, Brian. I was really I was really in a bad place, really bad place, real dark place. I can imagine. And uh, a friend of mine sent me a sent me an email and said, here, get yourself a dog. You're not married. You know, you're not you're not with anybody right now. And. No kids. I'm like, the last thing I need right now is a dog, you know. But uh, make a long story short, I ended up going to a rescue because the dog on the front page of this website had such a sad face. And uh, he's a big uh, shepherd shepherd mix. His name is Hank. <laughs> Anyhow, so I went and, uh, yeah, I went around Christmas and uh, I walked in and I walked out with a 110-pound dog. Hey, go and, big or stay uh, home, right? Drove. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, really. So, uh, you know, I, I guess my message is uh, is that um, you know the I don't you well you know, but your listeners listeners won't know. I, I lost Hank two weeks ago. It's actually almost two weeks to the day. So I'm still a bit uh, still a bit dark, very sad about it. But um, we had quite the adventure. I was starting a, a brand new career. Everything had to start from new. I was uh, borrowing a car. I had a few tools. I had the dog in the back, and off I'd go. And I started by, uh, you know, just doing little small jobs here and there and just, you know, just making ends meet. And uh, the dog, Hank, never left my side through all that. He knew I was in turmoil inside. And uh, humans are funny, you know. Humans can be, uh, you can be in trouble in your life, and even your closest friends will go, geez. Well, I'm here for you. Tell me when it's over. Yes. I don't know if you've experienced that, but that's what happens. You know, people have their own problems. People have their own families to feed and their own worries. And, you know, and my family's all in the UK. I'm the only one here uh, up in uh, in Canada. So so it was Hank and I against the world. And, uh, you know, fast forwarding, uh, you know, it's, uh, what, seven years later. I had him for seven years. I got him. He was an adult dog when I got him. And uh, seven years later, uh, way back on my feet, got the house going, got the trucks on the road, got a successful business happening, and uh, that dog never, ever left my side the whole time. He came out to sites, he rode the truck. We calculated the other day, Hank did about 40,000 miles in seven years. Ooh, uh, wow. in a truck with That's me. a well-traveled dog. That's a lot yeah. of mileage. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> But I mean, my message, I get my message here is, uh, is that, uh, I never thought ever 
uh, about rescuing a dog in my life. And uh, so the the moral of the story, Brian, I told you this, uh, you and Kira, this uh, when we talked earlier, is in hindsight now, looking back, Hank's gone to heaven as far as I'm concerned. Um, that dog rescued me. I, I didn't rescue the dog. And uh, there might be people out there thinking about getting a rescue or, or maybe buying a dog. Buying, you know, some of these dogs are 1500 bucks, right? You know, some of the pups are really expensive. And let me tell you guys, puppies, they go fast. If they're in a rescue, the puppies will go fast. But the older dogs, you know, the ones that are a little bigger, a little smellier, um, that's the one I went for. He was big <laughs> and smelly when I brought him home. Um, well, to the couch, you know. But uh, he uh, he was the best thing I ever did, and he's made a rescue out of me for the rest of my life. As a matter of fact, I, I think a couple of weeks when I'm feeling a bit better, I will uh, be back out looking for an older dog to rescue. Hey, man, so, we talked uh, about story that. In a nutshell. Did, yeah. Where do you think, yeah. David, where do you honestly believe you would be right now if we go back and you did not adopt Hank? You did not take That's the advice of a dog. Where would That's you be? a great question, Brian. I, well, let's just put it in perspective. You know, at the time, uh, with the amount of loss I'd suffered and having to reinvent myself, I had no idea who I was anymore because we define ourselves by the work we do, don't we? We do. Yeah. You know, my, my name is, I'm a, I'm a dentist. You know, that's what we do. And, and I didn't know who I was at all. Um, I don't know. I probably would have had to go through therapy or something. I, I don't know. I, I hate to think if I didn't adopt Hank uh, where I'd be because I made a lot of decisions based on Hank. You know, I was offered uh, positions to work uh, right across the country. I'm like, I'm not taking the dog that up. Forget it, you know. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to, you know, be somewhat local, and it gave me a great reason to come home at night. And You know, there's always someone there. I mean, I treated him like a human, you know. He was always there. He was always uh, looking forward to seeing me. Or if we were arriving home, he'd start to get all excited in the truck because he could smell home from 50 miles away. He knew we were on the way home, and you know, he, he just brought my spirits up. I don't know where I'd be, Ryan. I don't know because I was in quite a quite a depression at that time, and and the dog heard it all. That dog heard it all. I could talk to him about anything, and at first I felt stupid talking to a <laughs> talking to a dog about the way I feel and how angry I am and how sad I am. And but uh, looking back, that you know, sometimes just having a dog or, or a person, of course, to list, just to listen to you is therapy in itself. So I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be, uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's a good question. The dog you know, saved my life is the way I look at it. No doubt. You, you can hear that in yeah. your voice. You don't have to. I'm trying not to crack way. up here, Brian. I understand, but you can tell it in your voice. And, you know, uh, you, you hit on something in which you said that the dog recognized the turmoil inside of you. It's as though, yeah. you know, without getting too wishy-washy and gushy and everything else, uh, again, I try to avoid being so all these cliche sayings and things that are associated with dogs. But there is some value to taking the turmoil in you and pushing it outward. In other words, focusing your, instead of focusing on the inside of you, you focus on the outside. And that's where dogs are. Yeah. They're on the outside. Yeah. You know, you put your energy in there and suddenly one day where you're going, I'm just down. I can't make it. I don't want to go on. And you go, but I have to because my dog's out of food. 
And now off to the yep. store, you go to get food. And then the next day you're going, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm drawing the line. I'm done. Goodbye, cruel world. I'm out of here. And next thing you know, your dog soils the inside of your house. It's all, it's almost like, yeah. like it's divine, like a plan. <laughs> Every time you get ready to do something, there's the darn dog right there. Um, so again, I always think with, for some people, it's a matter of just directing that energy to something else, something there. And it's almost as though when you say Hank looked inside of you and saw your turmoil, if he could have talked, he would have said, unload on me. Unload on me. Give me some of that. I can carry some of that. And by the way, uh, can you brush me while you're at it? And can you move over on the couch? Because there's not enough room for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you David, know, you, you touched on a word. You, you touched on a word there, Brian. Uh, divine, right? Now, remember, I, I told you earlier, I came from show business. Um, there's not a lot of divinity in show business, Brian. <laughs> it doesn't matter what side of the border you're on. Uh, you know, and it, it, the dog, Hank, taught me a couple things, actually. I look back now. Uh, he taught me the, the importance of now. I don't know if you get that, but I guess live yeah. for the moment, you know. Here now, I get like it. it doesn't 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 matter what we're doing tomorrow, and it doesn't matter what we did yesterday. We're here right now, right? And so I had to put the brakes on an old life and return to more of a natural living. So I moved way outside of the city. Uh, Hank and I discovered a field, beautiful field with a pasture and a forest and a river right across the street. And if it wasn't for the dog, I mean, I hadn't gone for a long walk like that in decades. You know, next thing I know, I'm I'm out mucking about in the mud. Um, you know, I'm I'm loving I'm loving the summer, the spring. I'm loving the winter out there. I'm with the dog out there every day. And not to sound uh, preachy or anything, because I've never been. I'm still not a religious guy, but that dog brought me closer to the Creator in my eyes because I started opening up to, you know, the world's not all about me. And uh, that dog, that dog. Hank is, is who introduced me to the idea of being a little bit more spiritual with my life. So, yeah, changed my now life. Now you're going you're gonna to make me get all emotional and everything, David. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, uh, all of these yeah, stories today but, uh, touch, touch um, deeply inside of me because I've, I've had some of my own issues to deal with, like a lot of people have. None of us get to escape this yeah. world without having issues. None of us do. We all have anger. We all have sorrow. We all have pain. It's just in varying degrees. But one thing I have found as a common denominator, dogs help me get to every single one of them. Every single one of them. It's, it's Absolutely. Almost, it's yeah. almost like Absolutely. In, moments of, in moments of chaos, the dog brings back some sort of structure. Peace. Yeah. And Amen. It, it, it I, I do believe, Brian, you're right. I, I do believe there's a divine connection. I, I just do. Uh, you know, that's never going to change in me. If, if, uh-huh. if somebody had told me that, you know, eight years ago, I would have just gone, yeah, what are you smoking? <laughs> you know, I'm a dog. But, no, it but defines science. My own experience. Sorry? Uh, no, I said you're, you're right. It defi- yeah, it's, it defies yeah. science. It just doesn't make sense when you look at everything from a Absolutely. natural uh, standpoint. Well, David, thanks for coming on. And I do hope Thank you, you go and get another dog. I, I really do. You need another dog. You need another dog. And another dog out there needs yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, that dog needs you. I'm, I'm, so. I'm putting it out there, brother. It's out there to the universe right now. <laughs> universe took care of me before, so it's out there. It's out there to the universe. But thanks for having me on, Brian. 
Thank, Thank you, you very much for coming on and, and stay in touch. And anyone out there listening, if you want to check, uh, uh, look at some pictures of Hank, just go on the David's Facebook page, David Kristen, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. I uh, got some incredible pictures of Hank. All right, guys, uh, next week, I'm excited. We are going to have a special guest on the radio show, and his name is Tom Shelby. Tom Shelby is the author of Dog Training Diaries, Proven Expert Tips, and tricks to live in harmony with your dog. And by golly, we could all use that. So we're excited to have Tom on. He's up in Martha's Vineyard out there, I guess, working with all the really rich people and their dogs. Well, I'm going to have to ask him about Never that. Been there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go down that road when we get him on here. But he'll be on next week, and we'll be answering questions. It's time to now get back to what Team in the Wild really does, and that means it's time to answer questions and give people solutions to problems that they're having. So again, guys, it's been great this week. Uh, man, I'm I'm uplifted. I'm a little a little exhausted and you know, very emotional, but I'm really uplifted. It's it's quite the experience. I really thank Carol. I really thank Mac, David, and all the rest of the people reached out to us that we were not Absolutely. able to talk to yeah. and get them on this week. We will have more episodes like this. You know, owning a dog can be problematic at times. Sometimes you have to go. What's the payoff? Mm-hmm. What is the payoff? So thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a blessed week. And if you got sunshine in your life, uh, enjoy it. If not, make it. See you next week. You're free. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join host Brian Bailey again for another edition of Taming the Wild in Your Dog next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your dog's welfare and your life may depend on it.